Hi, everybody. Sean McCracken, news editor for Hotel News Now, here with Candace Carlisle, a co-star news reporter based in Dallas, and Colin Sherman, a director of hospitality market analytics for Texas and Tennessee at CoStar. And guys, today we're doing what I hope to be the first in a series of podcasts where we can do kind of more deep dive into specific markets and the dynamics there and what people you know, really across the country in our readership and listenership really need to know. So obviously, given your collective expertise, we're here to talk about Dallas today, which is a big, booming, massive city that um, we probably don't talk about enough in the hospitality industry since it's not really looked at nationally as like one of the big marquee markets, but it's, it's, you know, I feel like every single year becoming a bigger deal and almost in line with the New York's and Washington DC's in terms of corporate hubs for the industry. So Candace, I just want to check in with you as somebody who covers the market broadly. What's the interesting things going on in Dallas? What do you think everybody should know? Well, if you don't know, Dallas-Fort Worth is getting bigger by the day, and that's according mm-hmm. to the U.S. Census Bureau. Um, right now, Dallas-Fort Worth ranks as the fourth largest metropolitan area with more than 7.8 million residents. With that, you know, you've got this sort of, I call it a megaplex, but it's technically called a metroplex by some in the region, where it has sort of just cobbled upon itself and is slowly building up to the Oklahoma City border, so, um, or Oklahoma Mm -hmm. border. Um, It's just, it's becoming not only a business market from like a downtown Dallas or downtown Fort Worth perspective, because both of them have, you know, added to their hotel developments. They've added to their um, convention center and meeting space. Um, But you've got all these other cities um, like Irving and Arlington. And I mean, the list goes on and on um, because there are more than 30 cities in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. And, you know, they just, everyone's adding more and more space. We're seeing a lot of um, business activity. So while Dallas-Fort Worth may not be like, a destination market like Miami or New York. Um, certainly like Dallas knows business and Dallas Fort Worth has two airports centrally located in the middle of the country. All the things in which companies want to relocate to Dallas Fort Worth or move employees to Dallas Fort Worth and this sort of immigration we're seeing from, you know, residents who want to move to Dallas Fort Worth for jobs and, you know, education and other things. I mean, you're sort of seeing that on the hotel end. You know, where Mm -hmm. Dallas-Fort Worth has the capability to hold these sort of mega conferences. And it's not just in, you know, the major cities. I mean, Colin, you know, you were here for a conference not too long ago and it was held in Frisco. I mean, all the all the small cities are sort of stepping up and wanting to get in on the big business of hospitality. We're seeing that sort Mm -hmm. of firsthand. So, Colin, what yeah, what are you seeing from a hospitality perspective? Yeah, I would I would agree with everything that Candace said. Uh, from a hospitality perspective, um, it is it's booming. It's it, it is the beast that um, that we all think it is. Uh, we're seeing a lot of development. Um, we're seeing a lot of development in the submarkets. Um, like Candace mentioned, Frisco uh, is one of the uh, is one of our top submarkets within the Dallas metroplex. Uh, and then also, all eyes are on the CBD. The CBD is done a fantastic job 
Um, and I, I'll, I'll pause there and I'll say central business district or downtown Dallas. I was actually in a presentation um, in Houston where I had to define CBD, which was yeah. very interesting. Not Side a note, cannabinoid um, oil or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, but yeah, all eyes are di on, on downtown Dallas. Uh, Candace briefly mentioned that we uh, or the uh, uh, convention center is um, being redeveloped. That is going to open up even more land for potential development, potential larger hotels, uh, which is super exciting, at least in the next four years. Um, we've seen a massive hotel open up kind of north of, uh, of Maine Frisco, which is the uh, PGA. Um, I, don't, I don't have the, the full name, but it's the uh, PGA Hotel. Oh, gosh. I think Omni's in there. Omni, um, thank you. Yeah, thank Frisco you. might be in there. Yeah, they like to I, throw a lot I got of in my I got in my own mm -hmm. head on that one. <laughs> the <laughs> Omni Frisco uh, PGA uh, Hotel. So uh, there's, there's just... I mean, it's bustling. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really know what else to say on that on that front. It's just yeah. every sub market has something going on. Um, and and like I said, the big main main thing I'm paying attention to is that CBD or downtown area, I, as it already is a major kind of business leisure uh, hospitality area, or at least it, it's grown into that um, in the past few years. Now, is it from as an outsider? It was always my perspective of Dallas that it's much more of a business travel market than a leisure travel market. Am I wrong on that, or is that shifting? Is that is that? Still I think the case? it's. I think it's shifting. Um, I I know in the last year, which we're kind of seeing um, a little bit of shift in. In the last year, we you know business business would extend uh, le their leisure into mm -hmm. the weekend. So you'd see a lot yeah. of business travelers kind of say, oh, I'm going to stay Friday through Sunday on that mm -hmm. shoulder day. And uh, and so it's kind of become somewhat of a leisure destination. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, if you go downtown and just take a look at all the uh, all the new development, like the uh, AT&T Discovery District, it it's you can just see leisure written. I mean, restaurants, bars, shopping, you name it, it's it's in that area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or it's in Dallas I should say yeah this is I mean this is interesting to me because we just on the Car Co-Star News side we just did this big package on San Francisco and it seems like there's so many like really really surface level similarities between the way San Francisco and Dallas are constructed as a markets other than you know the ability to like develop in them because that's completely different but like you know a lot of business driving these markets like but their their trajectories in the last couple of years could not be more different. So, like, what's the reason for that? Is it simply like a Texas versus California thing, or is there more dynamics at play there? I'm I'm just genuinely curious what 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 the actual difference is like, because you kind of it kind of gets to like what succeeds and what doesn't right now, right? Yeah, just do you want to take that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, fe I feel like, you know, if we were to have an executive with the Visitors and Bureau, the Convention and Visitors Bureau with us right now, I have a lot to say about, you know, how they've been sort of adding more um, leisure sort of fun things to the Dallas-Fort mm. Worth lineup. But I mean, you kind of see that in just like sports teams. Like, let's talk about the Rangers who are playing in the World Series in Dallas Fort Worth tonight. I mean, they're um 
Arlington has really sort of built up this like entertainment district where you can theoretically go and stay in Arlington. You know, you can go to neighbor, like you can go see a cattle drive in like Fort Worth and you can go see, you know, uh, go to a museum to the Perot Museum of Nature and Science in Dallas. I mean, there's sort of like this growing roster that sort of like evolved over the last decade and really sort of changed Dallas into, I mean, I don't want to call it like a boring business city, but certainly it's been like, I feel like it's been the business city of Texas. I mean, Colin, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I don't want to like rip on Houston or Austin or anybody, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I feel like Dallas is sort of like the business center of the state and it's been like that for a while. And now you have like sports teams, you have museums, you have like other things that they're trying to add to the mix in Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, we don't have oceans like San Francisco. We don't have mountains like San Francisco, but I mean, there it's, it's, it's a, a somewhat cool place where they are making sort of these destinations, both AT&T district as well as Clyde Warren park. And, you know, you've got the PGA up in Frisco where you can go and spend like a day and have fun. And so um, I think that, you know, there's a reason why more hotels are being added to the region. And it's not just like these limited service hotels either. I mean, we just got our first JW Marriott. Um, we have, you know, a four seasons that's in the design phase that's coming. We're told, you know, there's going to be a second Ritz Carlton in the Dallas Fort Worth region. And it just seems like the level of amenities and hospitality that's coming to the market is something that Dallas has never, Dallas Fort Worth has never really had before. And that's the thing, like all of the cities are doing this. It's not just Dallas. It's not just Fort Worth. I mean, you see this with Frisco, you see this with Arlington, you see this with Irving and the list goes on and on where everyone wants to create this space to really bring people in and engage them. I mean, I, there's convention centers up in Allen, Texas, and I don't know, Sean, I mean, I guess you kind of know where Allen is, but you know, it's no yet another <laughs> suburb. I mean, Richardson has convention space. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like every city, don't you feel like Colin? <laughs> every city has a convention center hotel and they're all competing and they're all busy and they're, and so it's just, it sort of feeds on one another and we've become more of a destination for hospitality and convention business as a result. And, um, I feel like that's what sort of spurred Dallas, like the city of Dallas to like be like, okay, we need to do something with our convention center because they don't want to be eclipsed by whatever's going on just outside their city limits. Yeah. Hey, let me turn the page back there just for a second, Colin, because I want to ask you something about something Candace brought up. She brought up the comparison with Houston and obviously given your title, you'd be uniquely qualified to talk about this, but it seems like the comparison as an outsider, the comparison between Dallas and Houston, in my mind, was always obviously when it's good in Houston, it's great, but it's so much more focused in and, you know, the the concentration of, you know, the oil and gas industry, like when, when it takes a nosedive, like it can really nosedive, but it feels like Dallas is probably a little more diversified and robust in terms of like demand drivers. Is that the right read there? You 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 nailed it. That's exactly. Um, Dallas is much more diversified. Although I will I will say that Houston is becoming more diversified in its industries and less yeah. dependent on that on the oil industry. Um, I just did an article kind of summing that up, and we're starting yeah. to see that kind of break away a little bit, which is very good for Houston. 
Um, and I will say Houston right now is having uh, uh, its moment, particularly mm -hmm. with uh, with the hospitality industry. But I think also another thing about Dallas and to kind of add to Candace's uh, profile there is that Dallas has a sense of elevated luxury. It's yeah. becoming a luxury market. Uh, we're seeing that in the product of hotels. We're seeing that in the product of, of what's being offered there. Um, I mean, there's also, I think one of the other things that's worth mentioning is that uh, there's a new universal, universal theme park being mm -hmm. built in the upper Frisco area, which is just insane to me. I, yeah. I, I'm like, what, why, you know, so <laughs> it kind of, it kind of, it kind of mirrors what you said earlier, Sean, about San Francisco and Dallas, right? You're seeing California mm -hmm. and, and Dallas, but I think it's really because there's an elevated luxury profile coming into yeah. Dallas that that's kind of creating and cultivating um, this new, I, I guess, center of development and business, which is great. And that's not just anecdotal too. Like I know when we were chatting about this briefly ahead of the, this podcast, we were looking at the data and the openings for hotel rooms is so skewed towards the luxury side, which was really surprising. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, the pipeline is getting much, much bigger. I, mm -hmm. I've been waiting to drop this fact and I don't know if it's uh if it's appropriate right now, but the amount of hotel rooms that are in final planning is at six uh, over 6,000 at the moment. Really? That's huge. That that is, I mean, that is an amazing amount of mm -hmm. new hotels being developed, or at least in the development pipeline into the final yeah. planet stages. Now, how many of those are going to get financed and built? I mean, that's the so, question, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a uh, a question for 2024. Uh, as we are seeing interest rates go up, construction is not happening as quick. Um, mm -hmm. So you might see those final plans stay in that stage or at least the hotels stay in that stage for for quite a while or at least in the near future yeah and i can't just i get your take on this because if it seems like dallas is a market that's built around the idea of it's a constantly building itself up right like i mean just space is such a huge resource there that you can constantly add to it and you guys are mentioning all these new cool things that you're building in dallas which is something once again to get back to that comparison you literally cannot do in san francisco but like how how is that going to change if we're talking about elevated interest rates over the next couple of years or is it not going to change well so that's the thing right like um that's a big question because i do feel like Dallas has been known for its development for decades. I mean, we mm -hmm. like to overdevelop. We feel like if we build it, we can fill it. People will come. I mean, we are dreamers here in Dallas. Um, you know, we have these big projects like Universal. And I mean, there's even like Peppa Pig, you know, like yeah. everyone's got a theme park, right? And they all want to yeah. build in Dallas, Fort Worth, because, you know, this is where, you know, there's a growing population. I was even on the phone earlier today with a CEO who just moved here from New York. And he was just talking about, you know, cost of housing, cost of living. So while, you know, Dallas has this like cost of housing increasing, incre increasing and stuff like that, like, you know, it comparatively speaking to other coastal markets, it's relatively cheap. So, um, you know, I guess it depends on who you ask, whether, you know, costs are rising or if they're affordable or anything of the sort. Um, but I feel like I kind of went off topic a little bit, Sean. So my no, no, it's there. fine. That's an interesting um, idea to talk about too, is this like flight to Texas. 
And yeah. I, I do wonder how sustainable that is over a long term. I agree. I saw a projection this week and Colin, you probably saw it too and laughed, you know, where someone was projecting that the population of Dallas Fort Worth would increase to more than 30 million people. Do you, you remember this, right? Like I, yeah. Yeah. You saw this and you're just like, okay. Oh, like, I mean, again, it's not sustainable. I think if you look in the last three to five years and build some projections off that you could get to, 30 million people, but I don't think that, that that's sustainable. I don't feel like um, <laughs> there's enough houses to accommodate everyone or yeah. transportation or infrastructure or any of that. Um, we'll however, just build you know, houses, maybe, right? Yeah, just build houses. Yeah. Why don't people do that? And, you know, what capital constraints? But, I mean, I think it does. I think, I think Dallas were worth just like any other part of the U.S., you know, economy, they are going to be hit by the lack of liquidity and lack of capital that's out there right now. I feel like mm -hmm. um, we do have a lot of family offices here in Dallas and Dallas Fort Worth. And, you know, we have well-capitalized investors, but I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on projects that just don't pencil out. So um, until the projects pencil out, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of hotels in the planning phases and it's yeah. going to take some time to sort of move them forward to to reality um, because not everyone has, you know, a few hundred million laying around in the bank just wanting to bank on real estate right now. Um, yeah. A lot of Which people might... like real estate. They yeah. just want real estate to have a better price to it and some better borrowing terms. That's all. But that might, too, ex explain at least part of the, the, the disproportionately high level of luxury rooms opening, too. Because, like, these are the people who are a little less reliant on um, financing. Absolutely. Or they can, they can take <laughs> that long-term, like, investment yeah. approach. They don't have to see a return for a minute. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, the luxury so, travelers are going to remain luxury travelers <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> for the foreseeable future. I mean, and the same thing with the the luxury owners and developers, correct? Like these are all, these are thing never been cheap, and we don't expect <laughs> them to be cheap. So well, but that's um, what we're kind of seeing on the multifamily end too. You know, um, any multifamily project that's underway right now seems to have the word luxury attached to it. Yes. So, yeah, just so, part of the market. <laughs> so. I mean, you you guys did a good job bringing up the idea that this, like, the Metroplex is more than just Dallas. And, you know, I'll call it Dallas because I don't live there and I'm lazy and I don't need to differentiate. Oh, but, like, <laughs> you're going to piss off the um, Fort Worth uh, readers or listeners. Well, um, so that's, but that's what I'm getting to. I did this, I did the same thing. If anybody listened to it, uh, like a week or two ago, I did a podcast with STR's. Um, the leader, our head of Asia Pacific, and I ask him, so how are things in Asia right now? It's like, well, do you really want me to lump in Singapore and Shanghai and Vietnam and Tokyo all is the same thing? And so I'll guess, I guess I'll draw, drill in a little bit with you guys. How, where are the, the hot spots? Where's the, what's hot, what's cold within that Metroplex? Like the sub markets and the cities within it, what are, what's really standing out right now? Well, I'll tackle that one first. Um, and then Colin can chime yeah. in. You know, I feel like downtown Fort Worth is going through sort of a renaissance. Same thing with like Arlington. Anything around like the ballpark, you know, is being developed right now. But you have the Cowboys there. You have the Rangers there. Um, so that's a bit of a hot spot. I still think, you know, um, West Plano, Frisco, 
I mean, it's it's like a second business district that's up there. So when Colin was talking about central business district, it's almost like it's become its own new central business. It's like central mm-hmm. business district north, you know, or something like that. And it's uh, become quite the hub because you've got big employers like J.P. Morgan Chase. You've got Toyota. They have their North American headquarters there. You've got the PGA headquarters. But, you know, you have a lot of big employers Um and they are always in need of, you know, conference space. They want to be near hotels where their employees can, you know, hopefully like be on the same property as the office, you know, and that's kind of what people want today. They want all the amenities. And it's almost like a hotel is an extension of like the restaurant and walkable amenities that everyone, you know, wants to be near when they talk about how cool their office space is. So um, then they're like, oh, and are people like we can have people come in from other parts of the country and host a big event and they can just stay on site. And isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so Colin, what have I forgotten? Because I feel like downtown Dallas, but it's really uptown Dallas is doing is hot right now because of Goldman yeah. Sachs campus and all the other developments right around Goldman Sachs. Yeah, huge announcement. The fact that they're underway and it's interesting. I had um, lunch last Friday with a source and we were eating at the Henry on a patio and there were all these like trucks just like lined up, lined up. And it was kind of crazy because I'm like seeing hundreds of chat trucks, you know, lined up and they're all lined up to go get dirt from Goldman Sachs site. And I mean, there <laughs> you've got lots of people, you know, kind of impacted by this much larger development that's going on. Like, how do you like, guys oh. not? How do you guys not have any mountains with when you're moving all this dirt all the time? I feel like you should have a couple just out of necessity right? now. I know. Where is this dirt <laughs> being moved to? That's that that is actually would be a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. Um I don't Candace, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this story before, and this is totally off the rails, but I'm just thinking about it now. My yeah. father was born in Texas. He's technically a native Texan because my Amazing. My, gra- my grandfather was in the military when he was um when he was born and my grandma used to tell the story all the time about when they flew down to texas for the first time to move down there mm-hmm. and somebody said to them it's like oh we're in the hill country get ready it's pretty like it's all over the place and she walks out and it's nothing but flat for as far as she can see and i'm from western pa we have actual mountains like we got the allegheny mountains like there's an actual mountain or appalachian mountains like we got actual mountain ranges they know what a mountain mm-hmm. looks like mm-hmm. it's so anyway, that's my story about Texas and my Texan father who moved I, when he was two years old. <laughs> as you go west in Texas, you will run into some large mountains. Yes. Uh, it's only where I, gosh, I'm going to get pinged for this, but uh, it's where real Texas is that it's fairly flat. In hills. Real Texas. <laughs> real Texas. Real Texas. And well, Sean, you know, I, I, was ahead, born in El, I was born and raised in El Paso and they're in a different time zone. So when we came... East, you know, mm-hmm. it was very like, oh, this is the Texas everybody's talking about. You yeah. know, it's very different in that far west tip of okay. Uh, Texas. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. <laughs> so, Colin, you're the only native Texan on the line because I was not born in Texas, if you can imagine that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people assume I am, except for the native Texans who talk to me for more than like five minutes. All of a sudden, they'll just they'll just pop up in the conversation like, hey, where are you from? Um, and, um, I'm from the Rocky mountains. So, um, when I moved to Texas for the first time, it was so disorienting yeah. because I didn't know which way was East, West, South, anything, because I'm looking at the horizon. And I'm like, 
there are no landmarks here. Like, you know what I mean? When you're from the mountains, you look at the horizon and you know the mountains, like, you know where you are at all times. And it was, it was, it, it it still kind of makes me nervous because I feel like if I got lost, like just put out in like a field somewhere, I would not find my way back to Dallas. There's this, there's there's an old story about uh, the oil moguls uh, moving their families out to Midland that they would fly their wives in at night, um, mm-hmm. so so that they they wouldn't be able to see where they were actually moving to, because it's just so <laughs> flat. So, but yeah, that's uh, that that I, I I admit it's it's the geography is interesting, but I will say on that note, speaking of geography, is Dallas kind of comes back to the beginning of this conversation is that Dallas really isn't is central to the country yeah. um, geographic wise, which I think is also an addition to its success. Um, it's I mean, not just, just the country either. It's the continent. Like the continent. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's another kind of, uh, I, I don't know what the word would be, but that's another factor to, to kind of yeah. dr- really kind of, look at when we're seeing people move here or that that it's just a business hub so yeah for sure so yeah. ov- obviously a lot of conversations i'm i'm going to ask you guys to to look forward a little bit about expectations but that's going to vary on you know how we feel the economy is going to fare so i'll start this with you colin like what's your upside downside um what's the good case scenario bad case scenario for dallas yeah, so one topic that I think we briefly touched on, and I think this, I'll start with the down, and I'm not, not sure if it's a down, depending on what side of that you're on in the hospitality industry, if you're an operator or if you're a uh, developer, um, but I think one downside is that we are going to see that the final planning um, pipeline kind of build up as interest rates stay high, so we're not yeah. going to see as many, and it, it could change too, I mean, by next quarter, I could be saying, wow, interest rates, you know, they're remaining flat, you know, and, and developers are feeling a bit more bullish on, on going forward. But until we see that financing, we're going to, we're going to see somewhat of a stall in, Mm -hmm. in, uh, in some of those projects. That is a downside. Again, depending on what side you're on, because if you're an operator, you're like, oh, this is great. You know, (laughs) I'm the only hotel in, in the, uh, in the sub market or the city. Muted supply uh, growth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, the upside is, is we're going to continue to see growth um, in Dallas uh, and the Metroplex in general. Uh, we are starting to see a deceleration in in uh, hotel metrics, uh, particularly in RevPAR and ADR. Um, that I it, I know that when I say that red flags go off, but it's not necessarily a red flag. It's not necessarily a an alarm to, uh, for concern, it's we're seeing kind of this, and, and I know I'm going to get pinged for saying this, normalization. No. Like that's been that's been the word of hospitality yeah. for, the, for the past few months. Uh, but we are seeing, we're seeing rates and, and levels start to kind of come back down to those pre-2020 growth levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind and, they're expected to maintain around that, uh, around those type, around those years of growth. But overall, it's all positive. I mean, mm-hmm. I can I can kind of just throw off a few, you know, uh, forecast numbers for next year. And it's, I mean, occupancy is expected to to still be in positive growth area. So is ADR, so is RevPAR. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, again, for the next 36 months, it remains positive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to see a slowdown unless something catastrophic happens and there's massive job losses. But even through the recession, growth growth is expected to remain, which yep. is positive. Connor, so are you saying are you saying there's going to be a recession? If so, when? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well, always I, three months from now. That's the answer. yeah. It's always three months. <laughs> I feel like we keep moving it out three months. But yes, we are expecting a mild, mild, soft recession uh in the next quarter uh 2024 so we will see because i mean i'm predicting the future i mean i think i've only been once right so we'll (laughs) i mean mean, right once see can we get that right Uh, but yeah in my life uh but yeah uh i that's when we're expecting the recession to happen again it will be mild um i don't expect anything um we don't really expect anything um on our side that's going to be you know, like I said, catastrophic. And yeah. I am knocking on wood under, at this moment that I say that. <laughs> so I, I got to tell you, Colin, I've been giving marching, given marching orders that on the other podcasts we do with uh, co-stars Jan Freitag and, and STR's Isaac Colazzo. <laughs> if they say the word normalizing, I have to pay a, play a sad trombone sound effect underneath oh it. So don't make, don't make me break out the soundboard for this. Cause <laughs> I've been just- I, I, you know, I've been playing with moderation, normalization, uh, mm-hmm. deceleration. I don't want to say slow down. I just yeah. think that's such a negative word. But well, growth uh, has been so crazy high the last couple of years. It can't mm-hmm. be like that forever. Oh, the right. surge we saw in 2022 and even in the uh, beginning of 2023, it, from it was just insane. I mean, yeah. you saw a double digit uh, upwards of 50, 40 percent. I mean, that's in demand. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a big fall to to come down from you know so it is the most hospitality industry thing too to like when we're in the midst of like a big rush like that for people to say there's always a sense like well no this is just how people are now this is it's going to be like this forever and then whenever there's anything bad it's like whoa whoa let's tap the brakes it can't stay like this forever (laughs) (laughs) hospitality folks are very optimistic i have realized over the years (laughs) yeah i think another optimistic um factor too in dallas's growth or just in its economy is that we're seeing a a return of group Mm -hmm. uh travel to the market between Houston and Dallas, uh, that's really kind of what's what's pulling the or at least uh, elevating the demand in the last few months. Is we are seeing those big group corporate meetings, full conference schedules um, come back to the market, which is great. I feel like this is the first year of of real normal, um, kind of normal times, normal schedules that things mm-hmm. are just leveling out. So yeah, which is not the worst thing. Getting back no. to like thinking about seasonality and calendar shifts and all the little things that kind of went out the window over the last few years is something of a comforting feeling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Candace, you have any um, expectations going forward? You think everything's going to be great forever? No, I mean, I feel like, so, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of like pessimistic only because, you know, in hearing earnings calls, talking to a CEO about, you know, rising debt, you know, that's plaguing mm-hmm. the American consumer and, <laughs> excuse me, all the, all the sort of negative aspects of what's happening in this uncertain economy. I mean, I feel like uncertainty is going to be the name of the game going into next year. I really think 
I don't think it's going to be January 1 where everything changes. I think it's going to be sort of like rolling out this year where we seriously take it day by day. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, in three months, maybe we'll recover. Um, I feel like there's just, there's so much uncertainty. We're entering, um, you know, a presidential election next year. Like there's just, I don't see, I mean, who would have thought the Ukraine war would be going on still? I mean, and here we are with another conflict in Israel that, you know, could very well turn into um, something much larger. And so it's just, I, I, I think we're going to be um, seeing a lot of hotels sort of tied up in the design phase for a while. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to take this opportunity to rethink and second guess themselves. And um, we'll see what comes out of it. If it's anything good. I mean, I'm sure Colin will be all over it and tell us all about it. But um, I mean, I feel like we're just kind of in this like period where a lot of capital isn't sure what to do. So they're sitting yeah. on the sidelines and I, don't anticipate anticipate that changing until mid next year, and then it, it, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's day by day. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just had said, we just had four and a half, four point nine percent GDP growth. Like that's like a crazy good number. Like, yeah, we're doing great. No one wants to invest in real estate development right now, but we're doing yeah. great. Well, so that's the question, though, right? Is like, so Colin, you're bringing this up, like. What's the real impediment? Is it the actual interest rates, which we had hotel development historically at these interest rates, or is it that people aren't aren't comfortable that it's not going to change, right? Like, do we want certainty or do we want it to just be cheaper? I mean, the answer, I guess, is both, <laughs> but like <laughs> people can do business at this level, like, right? Like, it's possible. Mm-hmm. We just want- Absolutely. Just want... Yeah. There, there are financing mechanisms to get a deal over the line. Yeah. So it's, but you know, we're still we're I guess they're still holding out for maybe you know can we do it cheaper you know and well that's the hotel industry conversation right it's like we've we were debt was so cheap for so long that you didn't actually have to be good at it to to make money right like at least that's what some people say. All right. Well, any final words of wisdom from you guys? I think this has been actually a really wonderful conversation and I really appreciate you guys both taking the time. So I'll give you both. Uh, let's start with Candace and then Colin, I'll give you the final word. Any any final takeaways today? I, for me, I'm just, you know, hoping that whatever happens with the Dallas Convention Center is additive to the city and helps boost some development maybe in the inner cbd that hasn't seen as much action as maybe some of the outer cbds like frisco so i mean i'm hopeful but like everyone else i'm sort of taking it day by day and um hopefully the city can get the financing and everything over the project line because i feel like the hurdles just sort of keep being thrown up and um it'll be interesting to sort of follow these big projects you know especially you know because i don't want to say the fate of the city kind of rests on it but you know some people might believe that so Mm -hmm. Colin I am optimistic about the city um actually about the whole region it's exciting Mm -hmm. to see what's coming in it's exciting to see the uh I guess the the level of interest from development um yeah I I mean to Candace's point all eyes are on the CBD for me uh I I'm super curious what this conference center is going to spur in downtown um which it feels like it doesn't need to spur anymore but i think that's the exciting part is what else can come um 
but and I think there's just more and more opportunities, particularly in the sub markets. Uh, where it's yeah, it's just it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Once again, thanks, guys. I think this has been wonderful. Hi, I'm Isaac Colazzo, Vice President of Analytics at STR. Hi, and I'm Jan Feitak, National Director for Hospitality Analytics for the CoStar Group. Tune in to our new show, Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast. It's a podcast on the global hotel industry, its current trends, what we're thinking about, and where the industry's going. And we like to have fun with the data, too. Find us on hotelnewsnow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. Thank you for listening to the Hotel News Now podcast. This episode was recorded on October 27th, 2023 and edited by Sean McCracken. Go to hotelnewsnow.com for industry news every day.